Data proliferation is in full swing and the amount of data being generated is staggering. So what are you doing to protect your data? This week, we bring in technical marketing engineer John Spinks to talk about all the details of Snap Center version one, which is enterprise ready, and I hear it might even have PowerShell commandlets. It's all about data protection with Snap Center version one. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Pedro Arrow, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Good afternoon and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast, episode number nine. My name is Pete Fletcher, a.k.a. Pedro Arrow, and joining me as always is... His Royal Highness, Lord and Duke of Everything Automation, Glenn Sizemore. <laughs> hey, Glenn, how you doing, sir? Oh, Alan, you're the best. Yeah. That, I- uh, that voice I would recognize anywhere. That is my good friend and buddy, Alan Renoff, uh, product manager over at VMware. Yeah, you know, when I first heard it, I thought that was PowerCLI Man. It kind of sounded like PowerCLI Man, but... Well, you know, they're like cousins. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He sent another one that I'm going to have to do later. I'll okay. have to do, but very, very good. So, Alan, thanks for the send. Good stuff. So, Sully is not in the studio again today, and we're sad about that, but he's doing, he's doing the good work of Docker in Sunnyvale. Andrew Sullivan, how you doing? I am recovering from a late, ni- late night, but aside from that, I'm doing pretty good. So, oh, yeah? note, note to self in the future, do not schedule a 4 p.m. flight to travel to the West Coast. That makes for a... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's a long day. Yeah, it starts off looking like a great idea. You're like, oh man, I can get all this work done, and then I'll just fly out at night, and it's nighttime. Who cares? I can just go. I can sleep on the airplane. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're at like a 9:30 connection in MSP, and you're doing the math, going, I'm not going to get to bed until four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's rough. And then I have to wake up and do a podcast, and then I have to go and talk about Docker containers for five hours. Good luck. No, I just. I decided since this is a short trip that I'm going to uh, stay on an East Coast schedule. So with the exception of today and, and catching up on a little bit of sleep, uh, I'll be back up at the equivalent of 4 a.m. West Coast time tomorrow. Yeah, when you can do it, that's the way to do it, man. Hey, just keep just keep on the East Coast time or wherever whatever your time zone is 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 normally. Just stay there. Don't don't change. Yep. Well, we appreciate you taking time to come back uh, to join us on the show, Andrew. Uh, also joining us today is John Spinks, technical marketing engineer focusing on Snap Center. Uh, he's been a longtime employee with Snap Creator. And so uh, let's talk to John. John, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. You were a pretty popular guy at VMworld, man. That Snap Center demo was just hot as pancakes. And I really, that was like the first time I saw it. Did you see it, Glenn? Uh, well, so John and I were actually kind of sh- showing it off secretly at Ignite. We couldn't talk about it publicly, but we had approval to show it to, to customers. So, like, I've been sitting here in just eagerly waiting for this thing to finally come out the door for the better part of, you know, six months now. Um, because I've been very, very, very excited about it. So, so today's going to be a great episode. Yeah, no offense to anything that's ever been previously put out by NetApp, but that product is hot, man. It is, it's a sexy-looking interface, and it has some really cool functionality. I'm excited to talk to you about that today, John. So, John, before we even kick into that, tell us a little bit about your, your history and how you've been at NetApp and what you do here. All right, happy to. Yeah, guys, I've been here at NetApp for seven and a half years, working on eight now. I actually started at NetApp as the domino guy for Lotus Notes and Domino. Uh, 
started out, we had a little product called Snap Manager for Domino. It was Windows only. It had a lot of kind of limited capabilities for our customers. Worked with SnapDrive 4.2. So yeah, it was, a, it was a fun product. It was already almost end of life by the time we started working on it. So we started looking for a replacement because it only suited Windows customers. But Domino itself worked on Windows, Linux, AIX, Solaris. And we started looking around, how can we enhance this product and make it better? And I got introduced to a product called Snap Creator that had a lot of the same goals. It wasn't even a product at that point. It was a Skunksworks thing going on. Our friends in EMEA had created this in the PS team to help solve some of our needs for customers. But what did Snap Creator do? So Snap Creator was kind of a centralized backup and recovery for applications uh, that didn't have Snap Managers. Well, that's the way we position it today. Yeah. At the time, it was more of a hey, I've got to write a script to talk to my storage to do snapshots, snap mirror, snap vault update, and I'm tired of rewriting the script all the time. So I created this little thing, and, well, not me, but the PS team, sure. primarily Keith Tenzer in Germany, created this little script, shared it with all his, re all his buddies. We started enhancing it, and we added the concept of plugins for application integration. And Domino was one of the first plugins. And I became the Snap Creator TME because I was one of the guys that knew a whole lot about it. I'd already written a bunch of documentation for the Domino side of things. And that kind of started my history with data protection and NetApp. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's not just NetApp, but most companies, it's like if you're in a technology company, you've got really smart people that work with you, and you've got certain products that you offer, but they're not enough. And so these guys that are in the field or these technical guys are going to write code that ultimately becomes product, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that, that's that's the way that just about every product on the planet starts off, right? I mean, if, if you take a look at VSC, VSC took a very similar path. It started off as a Perl script to do, you know, rapid cloning through FlexClone for, for virtual environments. Right. And then over the years that those concepts are prototyped, they're proven in the field, you know, we you, you, you use these prototypes to, to get uh, critical feedback from customer bases as to what what's required for a product. You know what what's mandatory, what's optional. You know what's the the, the needs and wants list type deal. Um, and then from there, you can go and build a, a a full up product to to you know make that thing easier to support, more scalable, easier to use, all that that fun stuff. Awesome. I think that Perl script may even still be available. I think it's in the tool chest and it's called Vibe which was the first generation of uh, Snap Manager for virtual infrastructure. Yeah, I remember, uh, Andrew, you and I got a demo of that way back in the in, in the day. Our, our SC guy came in, and he was all excited to show us this Perl script, at, at which point he said Perl, and Andrew was all interested, and I was not. You guys were pre-NetUp at the time, and yeah. customers, and yeah. okay. Yeah, it was back <laughs> when we were customers. And that's the same name as the Snap Creator plugin for our VMware product. So Snap Creator uses the Vibe plugin, so it's kind of a enhancement and evolution of that. Well, you have still a, in use today. You have a lot of, you know, the the developers that 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 are working on Snap Creator, a lot of those guys, you know, they have history all the way back through through the VSC team, through the Snap Manager for Hyper-V team, the the original code name for for Snap Manager for Hyper-V was Hyper-V Vibe, you know, <laughs> the same thing. Uh, it's it's very much this this knowledge trust of people who have just been living and breathing the data protection problem set for the better part of a decade. Yep. You know. Yeah, we've got a lot of products at NetApp that have been working in this data protection space. You know, Snap Creator is an example we've been talking about. Vibe's another one. So we've got a long history of working with a lot of different products in the data protection arena. And we've taken a lot of that knowledge and we pulled it into our new product. Yeah. And so let's transition into that new product, Snap Center. So how does Snap Center relate to all the other Snap products? 
Yeah, so right now we've got a lot of Snap Managers, Snap Drive, Snap Creator, VSC, Vibe, all of these different products. And they're awesome products. Our customers have been using them for a long time, more than a decade of experience using these, our customers just loving them. But they have challenges. Yeah. In that they are separate products. Yep. So our goal, this is a vision that we've been talking about for a while at NetApp, and our customers have been asking us for a while to centralize all of these, to have a product, not a bunch of products. Yeah. And where that really helps you is if you're a customer that's running SQL, you can use Snap Manager for SQL. And if you have four different instances of SQL, well, that's four different places that you install it, four different places you set up backup relationships and schedules and that you monitor for your job completion, you create clones and restores. But that's four different places. If you look at 40 or 400, yeah. that scalability becomes challenging. Unmanageable almost, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, the when when talking to customers about the snap managers, which I you know quite frequently do, uh, it comes up in the Windows space. You know, the 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 strength of the current gen, current crop of snap managers uh, products is they they were they were written for the application administrator, right? So so the idea the idea here is if you're an Exchange guy, the snap manager for Exchange, you know, user interface and commandlets, you know, they 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 all look and feel very similar to Exchange itself. So so that that interface would be comfortable and familiar to the administrator, right? Snap Manager Hyper-V looks like Hyper-V Manager. VSC natively kind of plugs in and, and emulates all of Virtual Center. Yep. You know, the, the Snap Manager for SQL Server looks and feels like, you know, SQL Server Management Studio. That's great for those app admins. Yeah. But if you're a larger organization and you have a backup administrator who's charged with managing your and, 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 and centrally ensuring that all your data protection needs are, are being taken care of, that model completely falls apart. Oh, yeah. He's not going to open seven different programs. Yeah. yeah. So what they end up doing is, is, is doing, you know, just risk mitigation. And they set it up on the endpoints. And, you know, through, through email alerting, they just monitor faults. And as long as it's running good, you know, no one, no one worries about it. And then when something breaks, they get an email and they got to go chase that down. But it's still not ideal. So... What I love about what, 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 what John and, and, and the team here at NetApp have done is they took all the great stuff about the Snap Manager suite mm -hmm. and, and sat down and said, okay, well, what's wrong? Well, we don't have centralized management. You know, we don't have uh, a central reporting and, and auditing location. There's issues around role-based access, and then we've got all these endpoint management. So how can we go ahead and fix this? And as John said, they set out to not just like fix it for an app, but to fix it period. And I personally think that you guys have hit a home run with Snap Center. Yeah, we really like to think of this as an evolution of our existing products. We're taking all of the knowledge that we've learned throughout the last decade plus, and we've put it into our new product, into our new vision. So that vision, again, is to centralize all of these different products into one tool. And as Glenn mentioned, today, it's a lot of separate interfaces. And sometimes we do different things in different ways. So let's look at Snap Manager, or sorry, Snap Mirror. Yeah. On Snap Manager for SQL, you might initiate a Snap Mirror update differently than you would do it in Snap Manager for Hyper-V. Or maybe in one, you have capabilities that you don't have. And that becomes really confusing because if you are one of those people that's managing all these different products, you exactly. have to keep in mind, well, this product can do this, but that product can't. Yeah, that would drive me nuts. And it, yeah, absolutely. So what we want to develop and, and give to you guys is a central interface, one product with a single UI that you can utilize for the same actions over and over in a consistent manner. 
Now, we're still going to have workflows that support different applications and database. So, you know, Oracle and SQL, they're very different beasts. So you can't treat them exactly the same. But if your UI is similar enough that the same people can come in and leverage it, you know, maybe you want to offload this to your help desk and you want your help desk to manage some of the restore operations for exchange in the future. Sure. If they've got the same UI across all their applications, it makes training them a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. So I think one of the really great things about SnapCenter is the the ability to do self-service, right? So so one of the great things about Snap Managers was that, you know, the individual application administrators could self-service and manage their own backups, their own recoveries. And we still retain that with SnapCenter. And I will say, I, I'm, I'm cheating, right? I've had an inside look uh, for quite a while now because, well, one, I sit right next to you, John, and I've, I've heard you give your presentation um, probably more times than I've done my own container yeah. and Docker presentations. But uh, also, uh, you know, the, the hands-on lab at VMworld this year had uh, SnapCenter in it. So, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. And retaining that measure of independence and not having to rely on a backup administrator, I think is fantastic. Yeah, I've seen him give that presentation probably about 20 times. The guy's like a machine. He sits this in week. our area, and he walks up and down the aisle while I'm sitting at my desk just with his little wireless headset, just moving and moving and just giving that same same spiel. So, uh, yeah, sitting here is killing me. <laughs> yeah, no. feel free to get up and walk around if it's if it's you know where you want to be. Yeah, no, a, a lot of people don't know this, but we'll go ahead and out you on the internet. John is quite possibly the healthiest person I've ever met. Uh, he does not sit ever. He he has a standing desk. He is constantly standing. He's constantly moving. He's he's he is Mister Health, man. You you you. You constantly remind me how bad I am on, at my own body. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but got I still this. look like a techie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you've got a face for radio, and, and, and no I'm doubt. I'm even wearing my red shirt today, so I'm 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 prepared. Yeah, you got a you got a real Guthrie vibe <laughs> going over there. All right, so we talked about what the issues were before Snap Center and, so, and sort of how Snap Center really answers those. So let's talk a little bit deeper about what Snap Center is and what some of the differences are in the actual product. And, and we do want to clarify that what we've talked about so far is our vision. Yeah, we want to pull in all of these products into a central unified interface, but delivering that. It's going to take a while. It's going to happen over a couple releases. Okay. So here recently, we released SnapCenter version 1.0. And 1.0 is going to be a SQL-focused product. So we've released our new SnapCenter server, our SnapCenter plugin for Microsoft SQL Server. So think of that as the evolution of Snap Manager for SQL. Okay. And our SnapCenter plugin for Windows. Think of that as the evolution of SnapDrive for Windows. So these three products together are going to provide for you centralized data protection for SQL server environments. Okay. The SnapCenter 1.0 release is also cluster data on tap only. So our existing Snap Manager and SnapDrive products, they're going to stay around for a long time to help support our 7MO customers. They're going to continue to be maintained, uh, but the future of SnapCenter, definitely cluster data on tap. That makes sense to me. Yeah, so John, uh, w one of the big things that changed with with the SnapCenter uh, iteration is this whole concept of plugins. Can you can can you walk us through kind of how plugins work and and how they're remotely installed, or you know how the, rather how they're installed, how they're added, how they're updated? You know the yeah, life cycle. Absolutely. So think of your traditional server agent model, just because that's the easiest way to explain it. I think most people are probably familiar with that, where you have a server and you have an agent that's installed on remote hosts. Yep. So. Think of our plugins as those agents. Plugins are installed into the Snap Center server, so that gets them available for installation on your remote hosts. Okay. From the Snap Center, you click Add Host. 
pop in your host name, your short name, your IP address. It's going to detect for you if this is a member of a cluster or a standalone server. If it's a cluster member, it can add the whole cluster and install the plugins to all of the cluster members. Click Next, Go, it does the installation, and actually pushes out the package and initiates a silent install on the remote host. So you don't have to go to every host and manually install the software. And we are doing everything within our power to make sure that no reboot is required. Wow, that's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, like, this is night and day, right? You know, if we take a look of, at a traditional Snap Manager for SQL Server, you know, getting that thing deployed and configured, you know, first we got to go in there, we got to get the hook installed, we got to make sure that the underlying operating system is supported. Uh, then we've got to bring in SnapDrive for Windows, we yep. got to configure SnapDrive for Windows, make sure all that's set up correctly. Then we can install Snap Manager for SQL Server. Once it's installed, we, we have to go in and configure it. Once it's configured, now we're ready to go in and configure our backups, right? And, and our, our cloning, replication schedules, all that fun stuff. And, and, and admittedly, it was a great product, right? But if, if you had a you know, four-node SQL Server cluster, you had to do all of that stuff four times. Right. Right? There was no centralized... You know, we supported silent installs, but you know, there's a lot of switches, and that's kind of complicated. Yep. Um, the, 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 the way that it's done now, you literally just go to, to, a, to an ad agents panel... And and add the Snap Center agent to the endpoint, and the the uh, w the Snap Center agent itself is intelligent, and will be able to detect. Oh, I see SQL Server here. Yeah, I think you're going to want the following plugins to to go ahead and enable all of our goodness on this endpoint. And you know, as John said, if it's a cluster, it'll automatically detect all of the nodes in the cluster and just add them into the job and manage it as that holistic unit. So so the 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 life cycle management of these plugins and add-ins uh, has been dramatically simplified uh, across the board. Right, right. It's really just one install, right? You just go into the Snap Center interface and boom, I'm, I'm, I'm literally saying this server hasn't been installed, so push that one out. Is that the way it works? Yeah, there's two different plugins. One's going to be that SQL Server plugin, and the other one's going to be that plugin for Windows. Right. So again, Next Evolution, Snap Manager, and Snap Drive. It's a single push from your perspective as an end user. Yeah, it's two separate packages. But you don't know that as a user of the product. You're doing a single push out from the interface. And again, this is a HTML5 interface. Uh, as far as the look and feel that Glenn was mentioning earlier, looks a lot like Windows Azure. Yeah. It's so clean. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, it looks real clean. Yeah. Dual. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Azure UI. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the fact that we took some, some graphical hints from that, that just from a general layout and look and feel perspective, uh, we, it, it's not identical to it. You know, it's very much a, its own thing. Um, but but if you're familiar with, if you've ever touched Azure or the Windows Azure pack uh, and that whole HTML5 type yep. interface with panels that slide up, slide down, uh, the way that it, it, it very cleanly can transition between different use cases and workflows, uh, Snap Center has learned from from that type of uh, system and is is very much employed it. And it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and since it's HTML5, it, you know, pretty much any interface any any uh, internet browser you want to use and it will resize fine for mobile so I actually had a customer in the EBC ask me if it would work okay on a, a mobile device and I happened to have my iPad mini pulled it up and I went yeah there it is <laughs> that's right. awesome so so the install of the agents is dramatically simplified uh, and and completely in one portal inside of the interface of snap Center aside from the actual deployment what does the management look like has, has that changed from the individual products? It's changed a bit in that we're doing policy-based management now. So we're creating policies on the Snap Center server, and those policies can be reused across all of your different environments. So we have two different constructs that are 
fairly new to our SNAP managers, of course, policies. And the second one is data sets. So data sets is going to be a grouping of resources. And we're kind of using generic terms because I want to remind you, SNAP Center will eventually be working with other technologies, not just SQL Server. So we don't want to call it databases because that won't necessarily translate to all the different technologies that we're going to be leveraging in SNAP Center. Sure. So, um, so we've got policies and data sets. Um, let's let's just kind of walk through it, right? So, a data set is the the objects that we're going to be uh, working with for wh whatever the job is. You know, in the case of the the initial 1.0 release and SQL Server, it's it's databases. It's going to be instances, databases, and or availability groups. Ah, so I could select any one of those. I yes. could I could choose to add an availability group, an instance, and get everything on the instance and or an individual database. You got it. And, and as I understand it, we do some intelligence about data layout on the back end. Yeah, using that plugin for Windows, yeah. we can actually check out and find out what is backing the databases or the instances. So if it's not on NetApp storage, we'll know about it. We'll know that it exists, but we won't necessarily be able to back it up. Because if it's a local disk, you know, we're not going to be able to back up that database. So the only databases, instances, availability groups that will be shown to you for actual addition to a data set will have to be back on NetApp. Uh, do, do, we, do we have the data migration wizards that, that were in the old SNAP managers, right. or is that still in the backlog? So there's two different migration questions that I get, and I want to be clear okay. on what the two are. Yeah, I could tell that I just stumbled into something. Your face says, oh, I, gotta, <laughs> I have to be very careful and make sure that yeah, I articulate. Yeah, yeah. So I believe what you were asking about was, I think, what's commonly called the easy button, where if you have a database that is not on NetApp storage and you want to move it onto NetApp, you click a button and it moves it for you. That Correct. is what I was referring to. That particular feature is not in the 1.0 release. That's fine. But it is coming soon. Okay. So we couldn't make everything, and there were two major things that did not make it into that 1.0 release. You hit on one. The other is SMB support. We are going to be supporting SMB pretty soon. Okay. It's going to be in the next major release that we can get it in. I can't commit to any major release. Just That's fine. It is on the roadmap. Um, we just simply could not fit it into that first release and get it out in the schedule we wanted. Yeah, listen, this is software in the 21st century, right? You don't get everything in every release. Yep. You know, the stuff comes in bites. But so we don't have it in this bite. We're going to have a nice, you know, delicious forkful uh, coming, coming up pretty soon for the next release. But the other migration thing that we okay. do have in 1.0 that I want to make sure we point out is this is an evolution of our Snap Manager products. So we do have a migration mechanism for customers that are running Snap Manager for SQL and want to move into a Snap Center world. Ooh, tell me more about this. So for those of you that are familiar with Snap Manager, we have a drive called Snap Info that's involved with Snap Manager activities. Yep. That stores metadata for the backup operations. That metadata is on a disk along with the TRB logs for SQL. The migration mechanism for Snap Center is actually going to interrogate the current generation Snap Manager for SQL and it's going to import into the Snap Center database all of the metadata from the existing backups, policies, and schedules that current generation Snap Manager is using. And it's going to map those into policies and data sets for Snap Center. It's going to try to match an existing policy if possible. If there's not an existing policy, it will recommend the creation of one. Ah. And it's, so it's kind of an assisted migration where it's going to show you what we think you should do and you're given the option to override or change those settings as needed. That makes sense, yeah. But I do want to be very clear. We're not actually moving the data, the backups themselves. Yeah. They're staying put. What we're migrating into SnapCenter is the metadata. 
So SnapCenter will know about all of those existing backups that are in your Snap Manager for SQL environment. We're just going to pull those into the SnapCenter database. So right. now we know about them. So now you get the jobs, and you can you can restore from previous backups that were on, say, Snap Manager for SQL, but you can actually restore them inside of SnapCenter. Absolutely. Huh, that's outstanding, man. So so if I'm a uh, Snap Manager for SQL Server customer, and I'm using any block-based protocols today, uh, you know, I, I assume that we're using the same licenses? That is correct. Now, that that's one of the slightly confusing things about SnapCenter is it's a new product. Yeah. But we're using the existing licenses for our plugins. So the SnapCenter plugin for Microsoft SQL Server is going to use the existing Snap Manager plugins, and the plugin SnapCenter plugin for Microsoft Windows will leverage the SnapDrive plugins. They are the exact same licenses. The only difference on the license end is we added SnapCenter into the description. So there's no change to licenses. So it still supports the uh, host-based model or controller-based licensing schemes? That is correct. Okay. Now, the new component, the SnapCenter server, is available at no charge as long as your controller is under a maintenance agreement. So if I had a Snap Manager for SQL and I put in SnapCenter with the same license, you know, I haven't done my migration yet, I can do that? Yes. Okay, so we're working our way through it, John. We talked about data sets. Data sets are how you uh, configure objects that are going to be backed up. There is a simplified migration wizard that will, uh, that will simplify the process of converting an existing Snap Manager for SQL Server installation into a Snap Center installation. Now let's, let's kind of move into the final management construct, which is policies themselves. Um, g- give, us, give us a little bit more on, on, on the kinds of policies that exist and, and uh, some of the options that are available for our customers. Yeah, so policies are reusable objects within SnapCenter, and we have two major types right now. We have a backup policy and a clone policy. And the policies are specific to the plugin. So the policy is a SQL Server policy, meaning that it contains details specifically for SQL. And as we add in new applications and databases into SnapCenter, we'll support additional policy types. A backup policy, for example, is going to contain things like, what's my retention? Uh, What's my schedule? Am I doing replication, SnapBolt, SnapMirror? And then specific to SQL, am I doing a full backup, a log backup, a full plus log backup, all the settings that the existing Snap Manager for SQL product has? Support copy only? Yes. Okay, I love that. that that's, one of my, that's one of those things, like when I talk to people about backup products, uh, to me, every single backup product needs to support copy-only options because that, when, when you're talking about multiple products that are coexisting, the, com- the complexity comes in if you try to have multiple products that, that try to manage your logs. Like you, it's just not realistic, right? One guy manages the logs. You can have as many other people playing in the pool, um, and, and that's where the copy-only policies come in. For a long time, we were missing those, but it seems like we've, we've now added them across the board to all our products. Yeah, so if you've got a Snap Protect or a TSM or something yep. like that that's also sending your data off at tape, and if you want that to manage your SQL logs, then you don't want SnapCenter also truncating those logs. Correct. So we have what we call the copy-only option. Yep, perfect. And there's something that we also have within the policies as well. So all the policies, backup, clone, even verification, uh, which is one that I missed mentioning, we have pre and post commands throughout these processes. So if you have, say, an application that sits on top of your SQL environment, you need to put that application into a consistent state, you can run a pre-command. So pre-backup, you run this command. Post-backup, you run that command. And that's ingrained throughout SnapCenter. So you can have a level of customization that you didn't have in the past. Uh, what about the federated backup option that we had in SnapMeter for SQL? Has that been carried forward into Snap SnapCenter? Not in 1.0, but we're going to support that in a future release. For a long time, I worked with John Parker, a uh, former uh, SQL Server TME who's now managing a, a team of Microsoft guys. And, and he originally wrote that functionality. 
Uh, so federated backup is one of these 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 really cool things that uh, almost nobody knows that, that we implemented. Uh, but so so what it does is you you're, you can take any number of databases, uh, instances, availability groups, doesn't matter, uh, and you can put them into a single uh, what we call a federated backup. And when you run that backup, what it does is it goes in through SQL and it injects a marker in all of those databases at the same time, right? So we have a, a, a mark in the, in the transaction log that says, you know, all of these databases right now are at the same point in instance. Is right? that like a consistency group? Yeah, you could think of it kind of like a consistency group, but, but it's actually in the SQL Server logs themselves, right? So, so we drop this flag inside the log. Once we've got the flag inside the log, we go through and we can quiesce and we take a snapshot across all of these databases. And, and you know, this is not a synchronous action. It's asynchronous. You know, we, we walk through and do them in groups. Um, so, you know, it, it, it could take us hours to get all of those databases backed up, you know, in, in extreme instances with thousands of instances across hundreds of, of servers, right? How would that be consistent then? Well, remember, we're getting to that. <laughs> so, so we go through and now we, we've got all these backups that have been taken. So then you fast forward, you know, 12 hours, uh, some critical disasters occurred. Uh, somebody makes a terrible administrative error and accidentally deletes 10 or 20 of these databases, you know, remember, massive systems, hundreds of servers, thousands of databases, you lose 10 or 20 of them, right? Yep. Uh, across a seriously complex application like that, going through and figuring out, you know, what did we actually lose? How are we going to get that back? What is the data retention for that? It can be a very, very timely process. So what federated backups let you do is to be able to restore all of that as a contiguous unit. And, and the way that we accomplish that is by doing partial restores on all of those databases using our array-based uh, in-place restore technology, right? FlexClone for files uh, or, or FlexClone for volumes. But then we go through and we replay the logs, but we only play them up to the federation marker. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so, so you're, you're, you're taking some data loss, right? But you're taking that data loss as, as a means to be able to protect uh, a, a system that otherwise could not be protected. Right, because it doesn't make sense if you've got a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes more on only some of the databases. Yeah, that's, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and the, John Parker did that? Yeah, he, he wrote the original version of it. Wow, shout yeah, out man. to John Parker. Yeah, he was an OG technical guy, and then he got his manager lobotomy. Before that, he was a Marine, right? Yeah, no, he was, no Army captain. <laughs> Army but yeah. captain, good deal. We got way down in the weeds, but we Federated did. Backup <laughs> is one of those cooler things that, that we've done over the years that, that just nobody ever talks about. And, and it's this, this unique little bit of, of uh, intellectual property that, that we've developed because we're in these unique instances. We have customers that have this problem. And, and because we know about the problem, we, we have a solution for it, right? It, it, it's one of those things where if you were going to build a SQL Server data protection product, this is not a feature you add on day one, right? This is a feature that you add six years in when you've gotten successful enough to get into these edge cases where you even know this problem exists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I'm done, I'm done rat-holing us, man. <laughs> we talked about the data protection uh, uh, cloning. We have a couple different clone options within SnapCenter itself. There's what we like to call our clone lifecycle. So think if you have a development environment and you want to refresh your data on that nightly from your production. So you want to take and get your most recent copy of data. What this clone lifecycle operation is going to do, it's going to take a snapshot. It's then going to clone that snapshot off to either the original instance or a separate instance or host. And we're going to remove any existing instance of that data. So if you've got a snapshot mounted from last night, you run this clone lifecycle operation, it's going to create a new snapshot, it's going to clone it, 
and it's going to mount it. So that's going to be your refresh of your data. So okay. That's one of the clone mechanisms that we support. Are there any cloning options inside of the workflow of doing a backup? Like I know it takes snapshots. All right. Well, then. So we clone. We clone from the snapshots themselves. Yeah. So, so once you have a snapshot operation, you can create a clone from that. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so that's one of our advantages of NetApp is once you have this data in a snapshot, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. And cloning is one of our most successful ones that we've had throughout the years, where you can take an existing snapshot of your production data, and you can get a copy of that instantaneously at virtually no cost to your disk. So you can clone that off to either your original instance with another name. So maybe you add a suffix to the name of the clone. So on one instance, you have two copies of the same data. One you can play with and check out and maybe run queries against if you don't want to impact your production. But you can also take that clone and you can clone it to a separate server, a separate host, a separate instance. And so that could be your development environment, your QA environment. So you can have a copy of your live production data in seconds mounted on another host. Is there any performance penalty for taking that? You know there's not. Come on, man. That was a that was a softball. <laughs> set, I, 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 that was a bump set spike. No. <laughs> Said spike. <laughs> Watch your beach volleyball there. Yeah. The other operation that we have for cloning is our clone from backup, where you have that existing snapshot. Maybe you have data from last week or last month, and you need to create a clone of that data. You need to pull out a table that maybe since been overwritten or deleted, so you can take an existing snapshot copy and you can create a clone from that. And we can clone from primary as well as from secondary. Uh, and then I, 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 uh, we still support the same, you know, pre and post uh, script jobs uh, in the clone operation. Yeah. Yep. So, so this is incredibly popular uh, with with a lot of our big customers. Uh, this is the killer feature. I've talked to countless accounts over the years that brought in a Snap Manager for SQL Server, not for the data protection benefits, but for the continuous integration benefits that that array based cloning can provide. Uh, to to a database workflow, we talked a little bit about it on the DevOps episode with Garrett. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it, it it's that specific use case, uh, public one that that we can talk about. Uh, ING Direct uh, in Australia built a solution a couple years back called Bank in a Box. They've since iterated on it, and it's part of their core bank platform. But they wanted to uh, reduce the amount of time it took to, for a developer to get a live environment. Uh, so what what we did is we went in there with with a great partner, Dimension Data, and and built a solution for them where it uses Stamender for SQL Server clones their actual production bank database, the actual bank database that the bank's running on, and then runs a postscript that goes through and anonymizes all the account and personal information to comply with PCI governance laws. Sure, yeah, yeah. And then presents that into the, the developer environment. So the developers, when they're writing code, they're working with real transactions. You know, the, the dollars per cents, the, the, the transfers, the, 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 all of that is real, real data, data. Real data. But all of the personal information has been scrubbed out of it so that there's no compromises. And it, it gives them, quite frankly, a competitive advantage. They're able to write that code faster because they're able to get that, that, that quick access to real data sets. And remember, with SnapCenter, we've got a, sin a single interface now. So if you've got 100 different SQL hosts, you're doing this all through the same interface. Well, and that brings up an interesting point in that all of that's being done through through APIs, right? And uh, I wanted to ask John about, well, what's the programmability against SnapCenter, right? How can, can, can we interact with it in a programmatic manner? So I've been doing this for a while at NetApp, working with SnapCreator. And one of the things that I drove really hard in SnapCreator was talking about the APIs and making sure we had that integration. So when I got involved in the SnapCenter product, before we really started coding, that was one of my first questions. <laughs> Everything you do is really just running an API in the background, right? So all your GUI calls, all your PowerShell commandlets, those are just calling the APIs, and the APIs are doing the work. Yes. Wait, 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 and wait. 
there's PowerShell commandlets already? Yes. <laughs> and I was nodding. And I stood there nodding my head yes until the guys on the other end and the engineering said yes as well because I had to make sure I got that answer. So, yes, everything in Snap Center not only has API calls, but PowerShell commandlets as well. That's huge. And the APIs, that's uh, just a standard REST endpoint, right? Your REST APIs. Yeah, so come on, guys. I mean, the, welcome to 2015. This is awesome. I've got an HTML5 centralized interface that has full RBAC support if I want to just uh, provide nice GUI front ends. Uh, it scales out nicely so you don't have to worry about you know, scalability and, and, and outgrowing the environment. The deployment's going to be able to keep up with you. If you want to integrate it into your build system, we have a rich uh, uh, API subsystem and, and even ship PowerShell commandlets. I love it, man. So we mentioned scalability, but that's something we haven't touched on yet, is the SnapCenter server itself was actually developed to be a highly scalable, horizontally scalable, load balanced, and highly available. So we're utilizing SnapCenter itself in a highly available format. So you'll be able to bring in additional SnapCenter servers and scale out to support your needs as your environment grows. Any limitations on how far you can scale, or is it... What we're using in the back end is we're leveraging .NET. We're using NLB, so network load balancing, and ARR, application request routing. So the NLB protocol itself does have a limitation of 32 hosts. I think that, that that's going to cover it for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Consi considering the fact that this is a, a fan-out scale-up management model, right? You know, we're, we're not talking about we can run Snap Center on 32 endpoints. Right. We're talking about 32... Snap Center servers in a single highly available scale out uh, management cluster, right? NLB cluster, and then, you know, however many thousands of endpoints. I, I imagine the, the endpoint limitations are all around just our ability to test. Uh, it's, it's, it's whatever we've tested to, and, and we can test higher if customers get higher. Yeah, all of our maximum limits so far have been based on what we're able to pull up in our QA environment. And yep. As we looked at our QA model, we actually reached out to some of our customers that couldn't run our current generation Snap Manager or SnapDrive products. We have a, a very large customer that has made it known to us that it's a pain point for them, that they can't use these products. They want them, but due to their scale, they can't run them. And we said, well, you know, tell us more about your environment. And Mr. Customer, do you mind if we model our QA lab after your environment and how many databases and what size and what kind of activity? And we did just that. And we're able to back up, restore, and clone in this very large environment that matches one of our customers. Give, give, us, give us a rough idea of what that looks like. No specifics, because we don't want someone to be able to guess. Roughly 4,000 databases, varying size from multiple terabytes to a couple hundred megabytes, all within SnapCenter. Nice. I like it. I'm trying to be as generic as possible. No, 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 no. no. That, yeah. that's, Don't that's, say rhymes with. Just kidding. Yeah, yes. no, no. That's, that's, that, that's the right level of detail, though. But, right, you know. That, that was one of those things um, where the, the Anywhere file data layout stuff inside SnapCenter would start to get a little complicated about scale. It, it's not that we can't handle the database count. It's, it, you have to remember, like, when you're creating a single a backup job, yep. you have a pretty finite window that you have to be able to get all this stuff done in. There, you can only hold that I.O. in a stunned state for so long, and it's not, it's not very long at all. I don't know what it is at the top of my head, but it's, it's seconds. It's not right. like, you know, I've got 10 minutes to get this done. Um, so... There, there's a finite amount of work that you can realistically get done before you get to that timeout window. And, and that was one of those challenge points. But, you know, with, with the Snap Center rewrite, some customers got a preview of some of this with, with some of the work that we did around SnapDrive because we, we did you know, SnapDrive 8 and went through and started updating that stuff. And, and, and they got a, a preview of some of this next generation work. But SnapCenter is where it's really landing. 
you know, these are very much ground up rewrites and optimizations of existing IP. You know, so we, we're not having to rewrite algorithms and figure out how to do it from scratch. We're just going through and, and modernizing the, the, the software stack so that it can run bigger, faster, stronger. And that's part of the reason we did rename the Snap Center pieces is we rewrote these things. So like Snap, the Snap Center plugin for Windows, it's not just Snap Drive. I actually got an email today from somebody saying, hey, is this, uh, to paraphrase, is this lipstick on a pig? Did you guys take <laughs> our existing product and you did you rename it just to help us buy it? And like, no, this is a completely rewritten product. So SnapDrive, for example, used to take a little bit of time in the enumeration process. Little bit. Little bit. <laughs> used to talk to our controllers a few times throughout the workflow. And little I'm, chatty. I'm being nice yeah. here, little chatty. Yeah. Uh, now we store that information within the Snap Center database. So we don't have to go out and talk to the controller all that often. We can get that information from the database itself, and it bought us an increase in our performance as well. Yeah, I, I imagine. Yeah. So, John, earlier you mentioned that the, the plugin for Windows is kind of replacing SnapDrive. Um, so, does that mean that it will also replace some of the SnapDrive functionality? Like, will I be able to go in and connect LUNs to my host and things of that? Things like that? Good question. Absolutely. From that center, Snap Center interface, you're going to be able to go into the host section. You're going to be able to connect, disconnect, create, delete, and resize disks. You're also going to be able to connect iSCSI sessions, create iGroups all of the things that you could do within SnapDrive that you had to go to each individual host for. We centralized that as well. That makes it easy. And I heard something about an API earlier. I, that, that's all covered, right? With PowerShell commandlets as well. I can't tell you how happy that makes me. <laughs> You're repeating the same question because you just like to hear the answer. It, it's very much what's going on right do now. Do I need to say that more and more sultry for you? Hey, John, but by yes, any chance does this thing support PowerShell? Oh, yeah, PowerShell commandlets. What about Virtual Storage Console? How does uh, Snap Center support VSC? We're actually going to be integrating with the VSC backup and recovery. That's not part of the initial 1.0 release because VSC is a separate product. But as soon as the next release of VSC comes out, there's going to be an option to integrate with Snap Center. And what that means for our VSC customers is rather than using an XML file to store information, which presents us with a scalability challenge, VSC backup and recovery is going to be able to leverage the Snap Center database. So we're going to be able to scale much further than we've been able to before. Oh, beautiful. So from within VSC, I can manage my backups and actually leverage the intelligence that's already inside of SnapCenter. Yeah, so you'll be able to go into the configuration setting of VSC, and there's now a new button that says Configure SnapCenter Server. And that's going to allow you to provide credentials for SnapCenter itself. And then when you create backup jobs and policies within VSC, that's going to create policies and data sets within Snap Center. Clean. I like it. But there, there's a little bit of VSC integration available today, right? Because I, I think I remember hearing that there was, when you're running a SQL server on VMware with VMDKs for the data drives, it would work with that. That's going to come in as soon as that next VSC release is available. So it's not there today, right now, this minute, but it should be just around the corner. So, it, But yes, absolutely, when SQL's backed by VMDKs, we're going to be able to back that up in Snap Center. Yeah, the, the, okay. the, the as I understand it architecturally, the Snap Center enablements are in the 1.0 uh, release, but we need an update to VSC that, so, so that VSC knows to go talk to Snap Center. Exactly. This thing didn't exist when the last one was released. Yep. Exactly. Snap Center's ready for it right now. Cool. Now we just need VSC to release the next piece, the and next that version. is coming soon. Yeah. One more thing. I know we talked about the plugins earlier, but I was thinking... When you already install a plugin and you need to update it, like, say, three months later, is that all managed on inside of the interface of uh, SnapCenter? Does it tell you these need to be updated? Is it aware of that? 
Yeah, there's actually a dashboard in SnapCenter itself. So when you first log into SnapCenter, there's a dashboard. One of those panels is the host panel, and it's going to tell you if your host, is it up, is it down, is are things running? So if there's an upgrade available, it's actually going to prompt you and tell you not only is there an upgrade pa- available, it's going to tell you if you're in an unsupported format. So we've kind of pulled in Ooh. IMT in a box. So we've got a configuration file where we pulled in details about supported configs. So we're trying to really make it easier for our customers to understand, are they in a supported configuration? Is there an upgrade available? So that's on both the dashboard as well as our hosts section of the of the SnapCenter GUI. That's perfect because that actually transitions right into what I wanted to ask you, which was about reporting. So what is the what does the reporting look like inside of SnapCenter? So there's a few different mechanisms we get asked about in terms of reporting. One is, hey, I had a job that completed, and how do I get notified about that job? Right. So I'm going to handle that one first. The second one is, hey, I want to run some kind of report. Can I do that? So the first one is, I want to be notified when a job's complete. Mm-hmm. Our policies have a notification section within them. So you can be notified either by syslog, auto support, NetApp auto support, or email. And we're going to be bringing in additional methodologies in the future. So things like SNMP. The second one that you asked about the reporting, there's actually a reporting tab within SnapCenter itself. You can get there from the dashboard. So I mentioned like the host screen yep. where it's going to have, you know, your list of your plugins. Are you up? Are you down? You can click on any one of those graphs. There's also graphs for backup, cloning, restore, as well as protection status for your SQL databases and your SnapVault operations. So clicking on one of those graphs is going to take you to the reporting section of SnapCenter, and you can run a variety of reports. You can also export them into a variety of formats, so Excel, PDF, CSV, whatever oh, wow, you like. Oh, wow, man. Yeah, that would probably be more common, right? People trying to pipe them out to some other sort of larger scale of some reporting, I would imagine. Yeah, or, you know, you could just grab those those PowerShell commandlet things that I've heard <laughs> about and <laughs> probably ingest that data pretty easily. Yeah, in case I didn't mention it, we have PowerShell commandlets. <laughs> John, besides just the, the, the basic reporting, you know, the, the dashboard levels of how, how is everything going, what about the actual details? Like if, if let's say I do have a problem uh, and, and something happens with one of my backups, you know, where, where is that, that granular data? Because this is another one of those pain points in the previous gen snap managers where, you know, if I had uh, six nodes in a Hyper-V cluster or in a SQL cluster and, and my, my cluster instance was moving in between those nodes, the log for the backup was kept on whichever node happened to execute the backup. Have, have we changed that at all in SnapCenter? Yeah, absolutely, because we've had to now deal with a centralized environment. So compared to a Snap Manager where you've got one SQL host that has Snap Manager for SQL installed and Snap Drive, so that's one host you have to go to for logs. And like you said, you switch between nodes. Now we're going to be dealing with a SnapCenter server, SQL host or hosts. And if you're backing by VSC, if you're using VMDKs, then you're also going to have VSC in the mix. So there's a lot of potential places where those logs could be. Yeah. So now there's a logging section within SnapCenter itself, and it's going to concatenate the logs from all of those different environments into a single view. So it's going to display all of those logs for you in one place. And that is, of course, filterable, and you can change your logging level. So it starts out at info. If you just want to see the warnings, you want to see the debugs, you can see it all in one place, and you can, of course, download the logs there to your local machine where you're using that GUI. Wow, that's nice. I want to float something by you here, man. And, and this just flo- this just just now popped in my head. Um, but 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 I think I may have come on a very succinct way to kind of explain the big difference here. Uh, the Snap Manager product set was an application centric product, right? And and an app admin centric product. It was very much built around the human being that was going to be responsible for managing that, that individual application. Uh, based on our conversation here today, it, it, I'm, I'm really getting an impression that, that SnapCenter 
is not an, an administrative-centric product, but it's really a data-centric product, right? It, 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 it focuses on that, that data itself and the life cycle of the data and anything that needs to be done anywhere inside that life cycle, whether it's installing the plugins themselves, updating the software remotely over the life cycle, alerting the appropriate administrative or operations team at some point in the data lifecycle itself, automating and orchestrating uh, the, 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 the actual connectivity of the data, and then, of course, the, the, the backup and recovery pieces itself. Do you think there's something there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think another way that I've explained this in the past is SnapCenter deals with a class of user that we've not really worked with much before. You know, we're used to working with the app admins. We're used to working with the DBAs. And those yeah. are your typical users that are going to be doing the backup, the restore, the cloning. But we're dealing with something that we now call the infrastructure admin or... Um, maybe the storage admin is going to take this role. There's a class of user that's going to be the guy that's installing SnapCenter server, that's going to be adding the plugins, that's going to be setting up role-based access control within SnapCenter itself yep. to give access to those admins. So there's going to be almost a, a level of super user that we've not really leveraged in the, in the past that's going to have access to all the data and all these capabilities from the central UI. Well, you've been in the Executive Briefing Center a million times. I've seen you there. Glenn, I see you there all the time as well. And I'm sure you get the same comments I get, like if we, in previous executive briefing centers, I would talk about Snap Manager for SQL yeah. or, or any other, even VSC sometimes. And, and you'll get some companies that come in and they're like, that's perfect. That's what I need. But then you get these larger companies that come in and say, that sounds cute, but how does that scale and how do I completely automate that? So therefore, I can't use that for my environment just yet You know, in the past. And it seems to me like Snap Center has really said, well, we still want to make sure that this product works perfectly for that smaller company, that mid-sized enterprise that needs to have this, you know, yeah. these individual admins, but at the same time, in the same interface, seamlessly, it scales to the largest of enterprises. Yeah, we've developed this absolutely for the enterprise, but it would still work for that small medium business. I mean, one of those questions that we get asked in the EBC a lot by those large customers is, yeah, that product's cute, but I have a storage group and I have an app group, and I have a virtualization group, and we don't allow them to talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> they are separate entities. They do not talk yeah. to each other without some sort of major, major situation going on. So, yeah, you can create a role-based access control within SnapCenter, and you can give the storage guy, can, get, can create the storage relationships and give access to those to the DBAs. The DBA doesn't have to know anything about that storage environment or that virtual environment. All they need to know is what they've actually been giving access to. Perfect. And I assume absolutely everything that we've been discussing over the past 50-some-odd minutes. That's PowerShell commandlets. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not where I was going. Uh, I assume all of this works with the, the entire data fabric. So uh, whether I was running my SQL Server instance on-prem on a FlexPod or at a robo-office on an Evo or uh, directly inside SoftLayer using NetApp private storage, or in a pure cloud environment inside Cloud on Tap with, with AWS, uh, SnapCenter across the board. So back to our vision just for a second. Yeah. Vision, absolutely. Not only are we going to places that you've talked about, but we are also going to integrate with all of the NetApp platforms, including FlashRay, ENEF. Okay. So that's our long-term vision. 1.0 specific, we're FAS and Cloud on Tap. 
What about all flash fast? All flash fast. Okay. Beautiful. So so it's, it's so the the support is anything that supports data on tap eight, eight three two dot two okay, and eight above. two and new. Okay. Cluster data on tap eight dot two dot two and above. All right, man. All right. Well, let's close this out with some futures. What's next that you can that you can say at least? I know that you can't share all of the the nitty gritty details, but what's what's next that you can share with us? Yeah, part of the fun that I've been living in for the last year or so is I've got the roadmaps for. A ridiculous amount of information in my head, and I have to really watch myself, <laughs> especially when we go to VMworld or Ignite and one of these things. I have to really do the calculations on what can I say and what can't I. And being that this is a public forum, uh, I have to stick with what's in our FAQ and what's sure. in our private docs, which is we're looking at initially for the next couple releases a six month cadence. So, Snap Center itself, we're looking, you know, we just released 1.0. In roughly six months, we're going to release uh, our next release. That's going to include some additional plugins for applications and hosts. Uh, I can't get into any specifics on which one, but I attended a demo yesterday where I got to see what we're looking at and how it's looking, and we're moving along quick. Um, Right now, SnapCenter 1.0, very SQL-focused. We're pulling in other applications, databases, and within a year, we're going to have a pretty good amount of stuff supported by SnapCenter. Well, well, hopefully we can exchange information later about that. Absolutely, yeah. As we get more, <laughs> more details, happy to share. Excellent. All right, well, I think that's a pretty good step one towards understanding SnapCenter. We talked about our current issues prior to SnapCenter, what SnapCenter brings, the plugins, uh, the management, uh, the, the what else, Glenn, the reporting, the logging. PowerShell. <laughs> PowerShell. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be one of those where I want to listen back to more than once. This was good. So, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this, then you know a little bit about SnapCenter now. How else can somebody find out about SnapCenter, John? Are you going to be at Insight? For our customers that are going to Insight, I will absolutely be there. And there is a plethora of SnapCenter sessions around, including a hands-on lab. Oh, yeah. So, there's going to be a SnapCenter-specific session. There's going to be one on SnapCenter and SQL Server by Pat Synthusen and myself. Papa Pat. We love Papa Pat. Pat. There's also going to be a session on VSC and SnapCenter. Nice. And there'll be a the hands-on lab is going to be focused on SQL Server protection. And you're going to be in the Vegas and Berlin Insights? Vegas and Berlin. Very nice. And we can stalk you on Twitter by going to at JB Spinks. JB Spinks. I like it. All right. I know you've done some other videos, too, that I've seen on YouTube. And there's some other resources around SnapCenter. So we will add all of that information in the show notes. Uh, but if you can't wait that long, go ahead and Google. You'll find on YouTube a fantastic video, John, that you did, uh, sort of walking through the entire uh, demo of SnapCenter. Yeah, that video was actually put up there for the purpose of the user of SnapCenter who's just started. They've just got it installed. And it's actually the very first thing that you're going to see when you install SnapCenter. You get to listen to me talk for a few more minutes about how you really get started with SnapCenter, how you deploy hosts, how you create a policy, create a data set, and then take your first backup. Uh, we went ahead and put that out on YouTube for anybody that just wants a picture of what SnapCenter is going to look like, but I'll yeah. absolutely be bringing more videos your way soon. Very cool. This guy's got the golden voice. Very good, John. All right, well, John, seriously, thank you for coming to the podcast, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you at Insight, and hopefully we can grab you for one of our daily recaps. All right, guys, thanks for having me. All right, well, that music tells me it's time to go. And so if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at podcast at netapp.com. Follow us on Twitter at NetApp. And subscribe to the podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes at Tech on Tap. And until next week, bye for now. Hey, John, uh, does SnapCenter support PowerCLI or PowerShell?
I think we do. And we have a command like that as well. And I got to tell you, this chair is killing me. I'm not used to sitting this long. Well, walk around a little bit. Just take the mic with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have our first walking guest. I would like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet you would like that. <laughs> We've had a dancing guest. That was Jay Goldfinch. But we haven't had anybody pacing. So. Well, I'm used is to pacing. Is this me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah. You know, technically, I am on a standing mic. Next time, maybe you should sit over here and I'll sit over there. Glenn with Attitude.